28 with Rodrigo. 29. Okay. You ready? Go for it. Is it recording? It's recording. Well, actually, okay. let me make sure, but I'm, I'm 99. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it says it. Is, yeah. yeah, it says it's recording. Yeah, go ahead. Welcome to Scatterbrain Podcast, episode 28. We welcome Rodrigo again, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we had Exciting. him on. We had him on. What what episode was it? That would have been episode. Uh, ooh, what was it? Nineteen, right? That sounds about right. I don't know. I'm always living in the future with these editing. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I think it was nineteen. That's right. Okay. So it's been a been a little while since we talked mm -hmm. with him. So it'd be good yeah. to have him back on and catch up. And we're gonna be talking about music. I'm sure. Yeah. Someone who uh, someone who likes to ramble on as much as I do. I love talking to that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, he's you know we have a lot in common, and it's cool that we're able to you know never have met the dude and uh, bonded over music and. Yeah, we should fly him out and hang out. Anyway, so um, we're gonna do the album review with him. So stay tuned for that coming up next. All right. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I don't know in the U.S., but here today it's Father's Day. So I got oh. to lunch with dad, a little cake, something like that. And now I'm chillaxing at my GF's place. <laughs> right on. Awesome. I'm here, I'm like a crashing in a, a sofa right now, playing some Mario, Mario Odyssey, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, awesome. So everything you guys with you, though? I, I noticed on uh, Instagram you guys were doing a bunch of CDs, sending a bunch of CDs and stuff, huh? Yeah, that's, that's something... I mean that uh, some some things has has happened because you know Arthur, our Ori the player, he's moving. He's going back to Fortaleza in the northeast, and he moved like uh, last Monday, on the third, I believe. We got the CDs and we needed to get his signing. To you know, we have the um, we, we did, like I said before, we did a crowdfunding for the CD, and. Uh, some CDs we have to have them signed by everyone in the band, right? Right. And he, he, he's, he's, he's going like, to stay in the band, right? Yeah, he's in the band. Oh, good. In the okay. band. I mean, with the coronavirus stuff, it was like, well, you don't have any gigs to play, so right. what's the harm in you not being here right now, you know? Right. And, and, and Pedro is, is his cousin, like a bass player is his cousin, and a lot of his family lives here. So he'll be here by... No, by, by December, he'll be like in July. There are certain, certain months and certain dates that he'll certainly be here in Brasilia. So it's something completely doable, you know? Yeah. How far of a drive is it from where you're at to where he's moving to? I believe 28 to 30 hours. Something oh, wow. Like so it's a 1,400 miles, something like that, you know? Holy wow. Crap. So it's not an it's not an easy trip. It's one that requires planning. Yeah, it's kind of far far away, but I, I mean, it's, I, I I did a similar trip in April to my hometown. It's a bit closer. You know, doing the, the this trip in the middle of Brazil, it's nice, nice little not mountains. Uh, I don't know how you call it, smaller mountains and nice nice geographic landscapes. You know, like beautiful things to see, but it's quite far and. Yes, please don't do it like if there's only one person to drive. It's oh. really tight. 
Yeah, I, I have. It's, all, it's only 16 hours to Denver, but I've done that alone many times, and it gets boring. But you you, you drove it like in one shot? Or you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah every, time, every time I go in one shot. Yeah, 16 straight hours, bam. Yeah, he's a little crazy. He drives with his dog. Yeah. And they just go. <laughs> That's and a I, nice company, but the dog, he's got to be a little bit like, I mean, bored. Ian, please. Uh, Ian. Yeah, please stop. Yeah, he's, go, he's not going to help with the with the driving duties in any way, shape, or form, right? Yeah, yeah. he gets to sleep the mo- most of the way, so <laughs> lucky him. No, sorry, just a bit curious about what what the hell does Ian do in like a sixteen-hour drive? I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of in movies like people play that I Spy with My Little Eye, but do you play that alone? Or do you play that with your dog? Do you <laughs> yeah, with the dog. Hey, 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 he always wins too, right? <laughs> so have so you guys are. Go ahead, Dan. I was just going to ask you, so you guys are going to stay then with the band. It's not really going to change too much um, as far as you're not going to change members or anything like that. He's still going to continue with MoFu, right? As as of now, I mean, he's already there. He's got a, I mean, imagine when, uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but last year, right when we started the recording process of the new record, his father passed away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, some you know uh, he had a little publishing company, something like that. That was based on the city that he's living now in Fortaleza, and he, they were living here, but they were doing uh, business there, and he would, he would travel a lot. And when his father passed away, that the, the company fell on, fell onto him. Oh. And his family, his mother, they were all doing uh, their work plus their dad work. You know, it. Uh, it came a lot to them, so they found that if they move back to Fortaleza, it, it would simple simplify a, a lot of the the things that they needed to do. It right. would be a little, little bit more uh, stable for them, you know, like uh, money wise and all those, all those all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not complicated. Pandemic, uh, pandemic. So if you know a place where you can go, that you have a secure job, go there. You know, go with a yeah. family. We have, we have a family, you know. Please do it. Go there. Yeah, you just and, never know where life's going to take you, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Fortaleza has one of the biggest metal festivals in, here in Brazil. Like, uh, it's uh, for chaos. For chaos. And, I mean, you have a, a man in the city now, you know, to make the, 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 the little bridge for for us. You can mm-hmm. crash in his, in his house. You can try to make a little bit more... Uh, Show, uh, concerts and gigs there, you know. Yeah, that's right. good. Yeah. yeah. Thirty hours. So, wow. Yeah, that's far. Are you guys doing okay? I mean, everything I've seen in the news, you know, you, you read about like where we are in California, and it's not so good with the virus, and some of the, you know, same in Brazil. Are you, are you guys okay? Everyone's good. Yeah, we're okay. I mean, Brazil, uh, number the, the numbers are going even higher, every day you get a little bit higher, you know, I believe we've just surpassed like 100,000 deaths here in Brazil. Oh, wow. And it, it's something, because Brazil, as, as the U.S., it's a really big country. Yeah. So, these little regions, like, uh, I believe the first region was the northeast of Brazil, maybe the southeast of Brazil, were the, the bigger in the coronavirus situations. And then as time passed, it uh, like the uh, the numbers got a little bit uh, started to grow less rapidly, you know. 
in the south region, in the central region, they went the opposite way. It started really slow, and now things are at, at its peak, I believe. So the, the numbers of the country stood at a record high, but the numbers of each region are going up and down, you know? Right. Did, uh, did, didn't I hear you say, or, or maybe it was in an email, that you said something about they want to open everything up again? And that's just, that's that, stupid. That, they, they already did it. They already, it's done. It's that's already stupid. Done. That is absolutely stupid. That's, I mean, I, I really want to talk to, to you, Ian, about it because I, I was listening to the first episode of the podcast, and I believe if I was at the fifth episode of Chuck. No oh, God! You started to say, <laughs> That's like politics. the least popular one. No <laughs> politics, no politics, no yeah. politics. <laughs> okay, yeah, you you got me. No, but it's something that it's it's quite surprising because here in Brasilia, that as I said, we're in the central region of Brazil, and it started really slow, and we closed everything down, closed com lock, complete lockdown. Yeah. And oh, okay, let's let's keep the. The momentum going, you know, let's keep it nice and slow so our, our healthcare system can take care of it. Because if the virus, it's, if the virus is not a very deadly disease, if there are too much of, this, of the virus, if it affects too much of the population, people will die because they will not have the healthcare. There won't be enough spaces in the hospitals, you know, there won't be enough hospital beds for everyone. Right. So even if... I'm not saying that it is, but even if it's a really, I mean, a low fatal uh, rate disease, you know, it's a easily treatable or something, but if people don't get the treatment, they will surely die of it, you know? Yeah. Well, this could be just the beginning, too. This could, like, compound and just all of a sudden take off like crazy. Yeah, and, and the, the governor decided to open everything up back again when, when our ICUs reached 100% of its capacity. Yep. Mm -hmm. The whole of, of of every hospital in, in, the, in the in the state. So it's like, a, oh, let's wait, wait. Oh, it's already fucked up. Let's open again. Yeah, Make that's kind of right. that's how it's been here too. It's just ridiculous. At, yeah. At least they haven't reopened the, the schools again, and the schools and uh, colleges. It's kind of that there are no classes going on right now. At least oh. not uh, presential, like uh, in the facilities. You know, it's been everything uh, by. I don't know how to call this by distance uh, online. Mm -hmm. online classes. Yeah, no, that's, that's been actually a really big stressor for me is because I have three three school kids, you know, and they were talking about you know either you can go virtual or you can send them in class and no hybrid or no other option. And I'm very wary of that, you know. Apparently they've they they decided they're going to shut everything down and just do completely virtual until after the new year. Oh, but okay. it just seemed a little, you know, as a parent, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay healthy and I don't know how, how I would be affected, you know, how badly I'd be affected, but I, I don't really want to get it. I mean, I'm fortunate to be able to work from home and yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, it's kind of disconcerting, but I think that we can you just slow it, it down. Like you said, like, a, like a, an option of virtual or in class. Yes. Those were the two options. It's like a, I don't know, a, a maximum capacity for in class, maybe fifty percent, forty percent in class, and then because it sounds yeah. something like it makes no sense to have some yeah. students that virtual. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. 
Yeah. Well, as as Ian said, and as uh, Rodrigo reminded us, no politics. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so how many people do you think are actually letting their kids go into school, though? Well, they replied that the response for our district was about 60 or a little more than 60% to go back in. Oh, that's nuts. That's just, yeah, okay. that, that seems nuts. Um, scary numbers because people try to say things like, oh, it's okay because in the coronavirus and children, it's not so fatal it's not so such a great disease you know it's just a cold or something like that yeah but you know no, the, no. the teachers, workers if, even if in children it's such a a humble disease i know something like a, a small disease there are the people that surely will be in contact with these the yes. children you know maybe bring it back to their own parents sure. the yes teachers. exactly yeah, yeah it's, it, they still get it i mean yeah yeah it's it's completely nuts. Yeah, it sure is. Well, hey, let's get down to something more important than lamenting about the kids. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. But... <laughs> hell, man, really? I'm that's just kidding. Thing. I love, I love the kids. I'm Erase that part. Cut that part. Okay. I'm trying to make light because actually, it's it's been a bit really big strain for me, like to to think think about it and try to make the right choice, you know. And I'm not the only person. It's not unique to me, but it's been causing me a lot of stress. So. I'm glad in some way that, okay, well, they've made the choice for us, which is kids are virtual. And now we can at least make the best of it, you know? Right. Do, you, do you mind if I ask you, how are the, 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 the virtual classes? You know, it's, does it need to be like a, the camera needs to be on the whole time? You, they need to see your kid there. He's, he's not sleeping. He's not, that's not <laughs> a cardboard version of him standing in front of the camera, not, not a photograph. Right. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, the, the <laughs> here because they shut the school down pretty quick, you know, it was actually not very good. I felt like some teachers were very prepared, very tech savvy. So they, they got it. You know, they had other teachers that really didn't understand it and were telling the kids the wrong information or they were using a completely different platform than anyone else. It was yet one more login you had to remember. And Whoa. it was very, very difficult. Um, my, oh, uh, they didn't standardize or streamline no, it. Oh, they were just—they were yeah. so ill-prepared. It was—it was really bad. So we'll see what this—what goes on this year. That's what happens in every new situation, right? I mean, last time we had something like that was a hundred years ago. The Spanish right. flu, like nineteen right. eighteen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even even though we're so accustomed to have like a oh, you can you can watch a movie on your cell phone whenever wherever you are in the world. How the hell do you watch a class wherever you are in the world? Like, how do you, how do you stream this class to 63 children that would be screaming and playing and chatting? You know, it's it's a new yeah, that's a challenge. I actually, just before uh, we jumped on here, I, I met with one of my neighbors. He's a friend of mine who I know through school, and I've also played hockey with him and stuff. And I just met, went over to his place to talk about maybe getting a few of the kids because we just live a couple blocks away, you know, just getting a couple kids, couple families in the area that sort of are viewing things and approaching things in the same fashion and try to just do like, okay, here's a little group of kids that we can do the school with. And even if just rotating backyards, we'll still wear masks. We'll still be outside or, you know, yeah. something like that, but just to let them get out of the house and have at least some social interaction with kids, other kids, you know, that's a tough part yeah, of it too, you know? It's important, though. Yeah. Really important, you know. It's. 
I mean, I'm trying to remember my childhood. You know, I was always at a friend's house doing. I mean, we were watching TV or something like that. But there was always a, a, there was always a nice company. You know, like at my age and playing stuff and I don't know Pokemon and Digimon or whatever, whatever Mon there was on the TV by that time. <laughs> But imagine, yeah. imagine being at home. I don't know. Uh, then uh, you have like gee, uh, three boys, three, three. I, I have two boy, two boy. Yeah, one, one a thirteen-year-old son, a seven-year-old son, and a four-year-old daughter. So yeah, three. Oh, that's man. Yeah. You told Keeps me, me busy. Your oldest son. Oh yeah, <laughs> I sure bet that. I have a dog. I mean, the dog doesn't give you as much uh, work as the, two, the three children. I imagine, like the no, no, can, not you even, can no. you can sit at home, watch a little movie, pet the dog, yeah, and then it's like trying to watch a movie and three children hanging from the hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> probably right. <laughs> you know things. You don't have any kids, right? Chicago, no, no, I don't have any. I mean, I'm looking at my girlfriend right now. Like we, we gotta make one, right? Okay. <laughs> oh, so uh, did your girlfriend move in with you by chance? I'm trying to move in with her. You know, it's like a. I just bought a little chips, bought a little cheese, you know, a little wine, a little beer. <laughs> trying to move in like a slow, slow and steady. I mean, it's I. I'm not gonna leave my father alone, and it's. Specifically in the style. Oh, that's oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a girlfriend too, so I bet I, I bet <laughs> I bet he understands me. I mean, I understand him, but I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna leave him alone. I mean, I believe I'm going to be there like a for the week and here in the weekends. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What a good son. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, you're a good son. Yeah, no, I'm not that <laughs> much of a great son. I mean, I I could do a lot man a lot better. But then it was uh, your oldest son' birthday in the in July, right? In eighteenth. Yeah, the eighteenth, yeah, right around yours, right? When was yours again? Just before that, the seventeenth or something. It's the third. The third, okay. I thought it was closer to his. Yeah, yeah. Pull it off. I mean, children' birthday in the middle of pandemic. It's something quite. I don't know. It's you guys have a little something, a little cake, a little. How did you pull it off? Well, what we did, um, we actually had two kids that had a birthday during the pandemic. My my daughter's was in April, and she's four, oh. so she she was like, oh, she thought it was great. We did a little party yeah. out front, and she <laughs> she didn't notice anything. But the oldest one, you know, usually he we do a party and we do some things, and this year we just have we're, we're fortunate to live on a street where everyone's pretty close, and we all kind of talk and hang out and stuff. So we just had. Yeah. A number of families set a table up out front, you know, and we went and ordered these individual cakes, you know, individually packaged birthday little little cakes. So each kid could get one and they could feel, you know, could sing happy birthday and stuff. But then, you know, everyone could feel OK that people were not touching their food and, you know, just try to do it however we could to make everyone feel comfortable with everything. And it worked out. I mean, it was different, but, you know, it could be it could be way worse. So, you know, no, I I bet it was magnificent. In its own, in its own way, in its own way. Yeah, I mean, given the, the the state of the world that we're in, to have a little, a little, a little something, it's it's a lot of something, you know. That's true. Hey, so I saw you uh, doing the playthrough on Instagram. Uh, was it 
which song was it again? Brothers of Death. Yeah, yeah. That was that was great to see. That was. I, I didn't I didn't watch that because I I recorded I believe three I, I believe I recorded Adrenaline Brothers of Death and Black Squad I believe I recorded it I sent to to Pedro he he's the one like the video editor of our little company and he posted it and told me yeah I posted a playthrough I I I was doing something else and now oh, I'm gonna check it out. And then I started remembering. So I, I'm pretty sure I messed up a lot on that on that playthrough. I, I hope nobody catches on to the, the, the little mistakes. <laughs> I never oh, no, got around it's pretty watch good. to see which one was it that he posted. It was Brothers of Death, right? Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, pretty- I was in I, I was in my sister's house in, in Hesif in my hometown. That's the trip I, I was talking before uh, I did it with my dad. And they were it's a, like, a nice little moment. She got married uh, last year, and uh, they moved in. I, I mean, they they're moving. They they moved out of their parents' home and got a little place for them. And we were introduced firstly to the the new apartment. And it's amazing, really a nice place for them. I'm really happy for them. Happy for them. And we had lunch, something quite nice. Drank a little beer. They went to work. My dad went to have a little nap. And I was there looking at the TV, doing a little bit of nothing, got my guitar with me. I said, oh, I might as well record something, you know, make a little a little content that we may use, we may never use, but I'm really, get, really glad that we used it. We should do something. I really wanted to do something more of a, each song, each, each of us record the, the parts that we did for each song, you know, specifically because I really wanted to learn that slap bass intro for yeah. sick and mistake yeah and that's a great one yeah. pedro every day to hit for him to teach me that <laughs> oh, oh i'm gonna teach you someday i think he's a little bit like uh suspicious of me yeah <laughs> like you want to take his spot or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't want to give up his secrets too so yeah when's the last yeah. time you when's the last time you actually like got together with the whole band and, and practiced must have been the must be, band it must be at least six months right Yes, I believe at least six months because Emiliano was was out in September, in 2019, and he got back in February. Oh, that's right, Germany, right? Yeah, he was in Germany, and I believe we were rehearsing for the our little release gig, you know, of the of the CD. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, like right, yeah, right before the whole thing, like in March, right before that, the whole thing struck. Yeah, right in, yeah. because. I believe Brazil, Brasilia lock, had the lockdown in March the 15th, March the 19th. We were rehearsing on the 12th of something like that. Been so, really time. Have you guys practiced like remotely recently or, or how are you, are you even yeah, doing anything? That's the thing because, as you asked me, the, the whole band, the whole band was around March. But in July, I believe in July or late June, we did a little... Like like this, this conference, not not really conference, but uh, Pedro was not able to attend it. Neither was Artu. So João Mancha, Emiliano, and I we got together to a, to a rehearse space of a friend of ours. When oh, that's we cool. did something, you know, it's uh, recorded like a like a pandemic video clip of the of Hayden's Grace. Oh, cool! Are you gonna post that? Yeah, yeah, we are waiting for it. it it's it's scheduled to be. Released on the 
there's a really big magazine here in Brazil that's making like a little uh, online festival. You know, it's a road crew. Oh, okay. If we're scheduled to release it in September, I don't know what the exact date. But once it goes live on the Roadie Crew gig, it'll be we we will share it on the on social media. Oh, okay, cool. So I, I wanted to ask you the first time we talked with you, and it just slipped my mind. We got into the conversation of all kinds of music stuff, which was really fun. But when you play live, I mean, what kind of gear do you use? That was what I wanted to ask because because the tone on the album is is really good, and I don't, I'm not sure if they reamped it or how you guys produced it. But what do you play with live? Yeah, live it's a kind of a complicated situation because here in Brazil things are a bit, a bit, a, but when I say a bit, I mean a lot uh, expensive, more expensive than the the, the 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 good stuff in in the US. Not not the great like hand wired valve tubes, you know, but the little nice amps like imagine fifty one fifty, any fifty one fifty, yeah. Any, JCM 900, any any amp like that here, it's, I mean, how much is it in the U.S.? Like, three thousand get bucks? Oh, new maybe. You get those used. You used, can get those used yeah. for seven hundred bucks. Yeah, six dollars. Yeah, seven hundred bucks. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I've seen a used one for forty five hundred bucks. Oh my god! Oh, you. Oh, hey, hey, Rodrigo, did it? That's insane. Rodrigo, did I tell you that I have an amp for sale? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a good price. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something here in Brazil people used to do that, that a lot, you know, like import things because it's a lot cheaper to import something here to Brazil than to buy it new here. Well, I was going to say, why don't we just send you, I mean, we could buy an amp and just have it shipped to you. Yeah, but Brazil really got to it. Like, why, what is this really big package you're receiving at your home? Yeah, oh, okay, from- I, yeah. What's in there? Oh, you won't, you won't tell me? That's okay. We'll, we'll keep it here. Oh, correct. So do, they, do they want a tariff it? Is that what they want? Yeah, they want to, they want to tax it like for the twice. Uh, it would jump the, the, the price like twice it. You know, it, mm-hmm. they want uh, 100% of taxes upon the, the price. It'd still be cheaper though, wouldn't it? Maybe, yeah. Maybe no. I mean, uh, the, 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 not the, not the tax, the, Price rate, you know, the the money rate of the Brazil real to American dollars right now, mm. it's about five five reais to one dollar. So it five? got bit more, mm. even more expensive. I mean, the the used stuff to buy from the U.S. to import from the U.S. it got a little bit very close to the to buy something here in Brazil. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right so- now, it's not the the best moment. Oh, yeah, not right now, but I mean, so even if like a friend shipped you something, I'm not talking about like a half stack or something huge, but, you know, even like a nice practice amp or something, you you think they're going to like grab that and double tax it and all that kind of shit? I don't, I don't know, because you said like a, a friend, I don't know if, if there would be something like, uh, I've heard before, if you send something to me as a gift, yeah, as you know, like a person to another person, not a company, not a, a shop to another person, it would get by. It would be like a personal thing. What would not be classified as a purchase. Perfect, know? perfect. And that's but how I do it. They changed that because <sighs> they are always looking at something. How can we make more yeah. money? Oh. Yeah, but that's. that's uh, I guess that pisses me off. 
4500 for an amp is just outrageous. No, here everything is outrageous here. I mean, I have a, a Dean, uh, the, the dime bag ones, uh, the, the ML, I believe, Black yeah. Bolt, the mm -hmm. Floyd. It was around 1300 reais. And I believe it's like 300 bucks over there in the US. It's like an entry model. Wow. Guitars, amps, it's even strings here are, are, are a lot more expensive. It's something that I, I, I believe it's, it's like the, the, the middleman. How much do you pay the, for a pack of, pack of strings? Let's say Ernie Ball's Linkies would be yeah, perfect. 70 bucks, 70 bucks. You, no wait, US US dollars? No no no. Seventy reais would be okay. fifteen bucks for you guys. I don't know, ten bucks. Yeah, that's quite that's quite a bit because I think those are like seven dollars or something like that here, right, Ian? They've been six or seven bucks for yeah, ever, yeah for thirty years. Yeah, wow. I mean, years ago, I believe eight years ago, it was like twenty-five bucks here in Brazil. Twenty-five reais. It was a really affordable price, you know, it's a, a great, great strings, nice yes. price. Yeah, it's not too bad. But it's got a, really got out of hand. As you asked me about what we use on stage, it's, we have, I have an amp, uh, Arthur has an amp. Pedro, unfortunately, doesn't have an amp, like he's a, like a gig amp, you know, like a big amp. He has a little rehearse thing to, for him to train home, play, play, play at home. But we, we usually don't use it on stage. We use whatever the venue has. Oh, and okay. recently, it's been like, it's a local brand called Meteoro. It's translated to Meteor. And maybe, maybe some JCM 900, 800 sometimes. Mm -hmm. I believe there was one time we had the... That's not an angle. It's uh, uh, another brand that uh, Bugera. It's Mesa Boogie. Sometimes a Mesa Boogie, a dual triple rectifier. So we are we are very dependent on the whatever what what the the, the venue has. Right. It must make it pretty difficult to get your sound and to get your tone. Yeah. You bring in pedals. You bring pedals and you just rely on the distortion from your pedal or something. I mean, we do pedals. I have um, something just to push the amp, not to to have it my my sound, you know. Uh, Pedro, on the other hand, he he has everything on his uh, what his, model is it? His uh, board. Yes, yes, yes. His board. It's a Boss G. No, not GT. GTB one. It's a new a new board that uh, I forgot the name. It's a the pedal boards are like a lot of pedals. It's just one. I forgot the name. Like the multi-effects units type yeah, of thing? Yeah. Yes, 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 that's it. Multi-effects yeah. type of thing. And he has all his sounds there, like presets. He just plugs it directly into the amp and to the PA system. So oh, he kind of has his own sound going on. As Arthur and I, we usually use what we have and spend a little time twitching it up to get great sound from the DMs, but not a specific hour type yeah. of sound, you know? That's kind of what I, that's kind of what I do and it's kind of hit or, hit or miss, you know, some days it sounds good, some days it doesn't, so 
Yeah, Whereas Dan has everything like all dialed in. Yeah, then you're kind of paranoid, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes through, huh? <laughs> just just over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because it's something, sure, I would love to do it. I, mean, I, I would love to carry my little, I don't know, 100 watt head with me that has like my sound to it, but just to think of it, the money I would have to spend on it, the money I would have to re-spend on it if something happens with like it's, it's broke down, if I lend it to someone and it got burned up, like because here in Brazil, everything is 220 watts, and sometimes the amps are 110, and we need like a power, a power transformation, you know, like a... Yes. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. To convert the, convert the voltage or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it happened to Arthur. Uh, he has a Lenny Spider Valve Mark. <laughs> a lot of really big name. It's not those shitty spiders. I, I know that a lot of shitty spiders from Lenny. It's a Valve one. It's great sounding. But it got burned up sometime. He, he landed someone and someone gave it back to him like, oh, it's fried up. I don't know what happened. Oh, it wasn't me, you know, that kind of talk. Do you have your own, do you have your own half stack, like your own personal, like half stack for, for your own use or? I have, a, I have a Marshall combo. It's a MG uh, 102 CFX, something like that. Just there to, you go. I mean, it will make the building shake because it's a hundred and a hundred watts. I know yeah. like I, I don't get it like over five o'clock over oh sorry over seven o'clock it's really low right that's I, what i was I curious, curious about definitely i i have to do use it in some some gigs some uh, eventual rehearsals that the the room only had one amplifier or i was doing what ben does like trying to find one sound in this amp and make it like oh i will take it to every gig but it's a little bit too much for me you know like my, my guitar case is already huge Thank you, Dean, for that. It's a huge guitar. Thank you, Dimebag. Make <laughs> yeah. The but big old headstock. <laughs> yeah, big headstock, big big legs on the that guitar. I mean, it's gorgeous, but I really need a roadie, man. I really need someone to carry those things for me. Oh, my God. I used to carry like, everything. Yeah, it's something like, I mean, I, I really like to carry my stuff. I, I really know to really like to know where it is, know where it been, it's been stored. I mean, keep an eye on it, you know? A bit paranoid on my side. But just to carry these things around, then go on stage and give it everything you got, then you need to carry those things back home. Oh, and yeah. the next, next game, like, do everything again. I yeah. just gave up and bring the, the, the amp with me. I'm on the verge of reimagining my, my Stratocaster and placing some humbuckers in it, you know, get rid of the Dean, put it back in the... the, the into the vault back home, just go with the Stratocaster. It's so lighter, so much lighter, so much easier to carry around, you know? Man, humbuckers are universal, aren't they? Yeah, I believe they are. I mean, I mean, I tested a, a couple of P90s that had an amazing, like, medium. Oh, my God. It just don't, it doesn't get any better than those. I mean, any guitar, you could just rip it all out and put in humbuckers in your set. Yeah, definitely. It's like a, I, I mean... Do, do you mean like uh, the, the active 
humbuckers, passive humbuckers. It just way. seems the, either way. I mean, it just seems yeah. like that brand just makes really good. I mean, really good stuff. I like the passive humbuckers better. Those seem to sound more natural to me. I know a lot of guys use the EMGs and all that, but I like them better too. Yeah. I don't know because I'm lazy of of changing the batteries every three months, <laughs> but I believe they are a bit more defined. You know, this they sound more organic. I don't even know what that means because in the world of music, there are so much words, so many words like oh, it's warmer, it's no, crunchy. Yeah. What the hell is a crunchier sound, you know? But, but it is. But you don't know how to really define it. I like the crunchier sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Ian, Ian, that ESP you have, that, that's got those that the EMG, the 81 and 85s, right? I think that's the set you have in there. That that's yeah. guitar sounds great. Yeah, that's a great guitar. How, um, how many guitars do you have? Currently, I have four, but one of them is in pieces. The Stratocaster I was talking before, it's in pieces. It was my first guitar, and when I remember when we bought that, and I started to learn the Trooper by Iron Maiden. That was uh, it's Adrian Smith's soul, I believe. He has a little a band on the fifteenth. Not not the one band. He has a lot of bands on the fifteenth. The B string. Okay. Going back into the E, you know, and and I hit that band. It would go up, and when it got to the E, it would like. Have a really heavy fret buzz, mm. completely kill the sound. Uh, I would think, oh, I must be doing that wrong. I must be doing that wrong. Then I got the the Dean, my second guitar, and oh, I wasn't doing anything wrong. The, the guitar was tri- tricking me, you know. It's cheap shot, man. Yeah, you sand, did you have to years. sand a fret or something? Or? I still haven't done it. I mean, I, I'm work. I work with it. I I've done a lot of fret leveling jobs. Yeah. Last week, this month, but I, uh, I just look at it now. Oh, it's so much work, man. I'm, I'm yeah, a little bit tired. Yeah, it sucks. You know, I'm, uh, just a, a friend, a friend of ours named uh, Mike. He is a really good guitar player, and he he like collects guitars and and refurbishes them and sells them and everything. And he spends so much time doing all that. I don't know how he has time to play, but man, he's just he has. How many guitars does he have, Dan? He's got to have, I think I asked him several years ago, and he said like 300 or something, oh something God. ridiculous like that. <laughs> yeah. But he's got everything organized, and he's he's a really good player. But he his thing is he tries to make things sound just like the album, and he's very good at it. Exactly. Except yeah. thrash metal, he can't seem to pull off. That's like the only thing. He can play anything on the planet, even thrash metal. But that sound, that like passion when you're playing it, he can't seem to pull it off because it's not him, you know. Oh. But he's into some other kind of music. I mean, what is his soul into if he's not into that kind of music? It's, it's like, hard. It's hard to say. What would you say? I would say probably a lot of jazz and yeah. his band that he plays with. Because he, he, you know, now I'm sure it's different, but he's pretty active in like a. Um, I guess you'd call him a cover band. Cover band, yeah. You know, they'll go and they'll play at a bar and they'll do two two-hour sets, that kind of thing. You know, this will be the music for the night. They do... Or three two-hour sets. Yeah. They play, like, all yeah. nights. Crazy. Those so. are the real heroes, man. Playing shit you don't want to play for money. <laughs> it's like, it's all, it's all Kansas and, and, like, you know, a couple ACDC, if you're lucky, songs. You know, what a Led Zeppelin song. You know, what was... Oh, like, Dire Straits? Just, you know, the the the, the normal songs you hear in a bar when you're having a beer kind of thing. 
but he plays he plays them on guitar perfectly, absolutely perfectly. Yeah, that, that's something because people use usually say like, oh, if you're in a cover band, you really want to nail that sound of the original song and of the yeah. original recording. Well, if he's playing like 15 bands, 50 bands, I don't know how many bands, different band songs he's playing. Does he carry like 50 guitars with him? Does he carry a lot of things with him? Because today we have the, the magnificent, uh, what's the uh, sampling guitar tone right. amp, like the... No, he has, a, he has a monstrous pedal board with a bunch of pedals, and he knows exactly how to use them uh, to a T. I don't, I, I just, I don't know how the guy does it. Just, he's really actually amazing, but I always, every time we've seen him live, I give him so much shit for that ACDC lead that just didn't have, <laughs> yeah. that just didn't have that right feel and crunch to it. It, it was note for it. note, yeah, but it didn't have that right, like, feel to it or something. That and he always like just, yeah, shut house. up. Like, oh yeah, brick, brick house. house. <laughs> they kept they kept playing the song. She's a brick house. She's a brick house. And I, I was like, you gotta do the stop. And he's like, shut up, man. He's all giving me shit. I said, no, listen. It, she's a brick house, right? And then the next time I saw him play, they were doing that. And then he's like, oh no, no you didn't tell me that. We've always played it that way, you know. And he's like, totally. <laughs> he found it out for himself. He found, he found it out for himself. Yeah, he figured it out. Himself. And that, is, is, is it like a, a cover man, like a, he's standing there, completely chill, playing this hard rock song, then play some jazz, then playing some soul? Yep, they, that's what they do. Into character, like when he's playing ACDC, he puts on like a, a school uniform, he decides to dance like a, the duck thing. <laughs> this guy is a freak, though. You can even like name like a classical song, some obscure classical or flamenco something or whatever. And you like, he'll bring out his acoustic and just play it perfect. And you're just like, what the hell? I heard him yeah. playing. I was asking you, Dan. Remember, I was saying, do you, have you ever heard him do "Eruption"? You know, from Van Halen. Yeah. I know thousands of guitar players do it and try to do it perfect. But I heard him playing it from my other room, and I thought it was actual tape. And I'm like, where did that tape come from? And I walk in, and he's doing that for a couple of my friends. And I just had to turn out, turn around, and walk out of that room. That was like 30 years ago. But it's just so frustrating as a guitar player to see this guy just effortlessly doing this shit. But you've got the tone of the thrash metal on your fingertips, man. You gotta keep exactly. That That's right. Your, exactly. Your exactly. Pro. And he doesn't. He doesn't. That's the only thing I can give him shit yeah, for. Yeah. And but but imagine this. Imagine not to tell me. Does he carry all of his stuff? Like every gig, all his oh, yeah. pedals. Yeah. I think he plays a Fender yeah. Twin. I think he plays a Fender. I'm not sure which one he brings. He's got dozens of amps as well but i think he plays like a, <laughs> a, a fender twin and then he you know a massive pedal board and i would if i had to guess he probably bangs a few guitars yeah yeah he does but he doesn't i mean he doesn't bring a half stack to every show he, he brings yeah. like one of those little quarter stacks or whatever you call them that's a lot of work man yeah yep. i was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say. To him, like he has time to buy all his stuff he has time to like give great treatment to his maintenance to his guitars that's the, that's like a big thing for him too is the, the actual like physical work of, of like refurbishing guitars to resell them. Yeah, it's, man, it sounds it sounds like a, a museum in his house, you know, like, looking at all this. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> a boneyard. Yeah, really, oh, the man, the man is a freak. He is a freak for sure. I was just curious of uh, on the later episode of the podcast. I mean, I mean, still at five. But I believe there's one of them that you talked about uh, some ghost stories. Oh, yeah. That's uh, episode uh, four. Spooky stories, man. I don't remember. Yeah, I believe Dan, <laughs> a friend of his that was like laying on his bed and he felt something laying by his side. 
They give me the creeps. Yeah, give me the creeps when he told me that. I'm like, oh my god. I was listening to that story back uh, at my in my in my bedroom, signing the CDs. I was the last one to sign them, and my door kept banging like it opened up and closed back again, and open up and closed back again, and then this ghost story started coming. Out. Oh my god, please, door, stop banging. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> It was just, it was the wind, right? Or Yeah, it was the wind, but ah, please wind, don't do that. That's really funny. Those older, those older episodes definitely sound different than the newer ones, and we've talked about that before. So, yeah, yeah, they're fine. You know. I'm, I'm catching up. It, it will take some time, but I will catch up. Well, oh, I'm just curious, what episode uh, are you on? Five or six? I believe I'm on the. On, I finished the fifth, but I haven't started the sixth yet. Okay, so in in our opinion, the fifth is the worst. And once you get from <laughs> from you get from six on, it it really starts to get better. It picks up a lot. You know, some of the interviews are pretty great. We do an interview with this guy Chacal from Brazil. It's just a pretty good interview. My mom, <laughs> my mom, my mom has listened to that like three times, I think. <laughs> Chuck like drives around. He does his driving routes and stuff. And he goes, "That's still the best episode you guys have done." Yeah, the interview was. That's yeah, the guy totally, offered the banana to someone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's a great really story. <laughs> it's on there. Don't worry. Yeah, it's a great story. That, there's another great story I need to tell you guys, but uh, it's uh, a story of Emiliano, and I really want to have like him on the call to tell this story. Yeah, that'd be okay. great to have him on sometime. I mean, as I said, today's Father's Day in Brazil, and I'm more of a lunch guy with my dad, and he's more of a dinner guy with his dad and they they're having a little dinner with some wine you know it's their thing he told me he couldn't do it today so let's let's make an appointment i, I believe sure. sounds good to me yeah it sounds great yeah last time we spoke you you uh suggested an album to us right night wolf yeah. oh yeah an ep called unleash the beast that they released in 2020 so do you do you know these they're from brazil i think right oh they're friends of us they they are like a yeah, great friend of ours. I got to know them by the vocal, by the vocalist. He's, he was actually a friend of a friend of Renata, who is my girlfriend. And he had a little project. I can't recall its name. It was something mixing the Brazilian Northeastern regional music with metal. And mm -hmm. it was something that really got to me like, oh, that's, that's the music from my region mixes the music I like to play and I like to, to listen to. And it got to me like, oh, that, 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 that's the guy that has like a really great idea. But I believe something happened and that project never got much further. And then I started playing, I started playing some gigs and he got back into the scene. Like he, he got his band together, this, this, this band, Night Wolf. And it's something to me that it's something I've played some gigs with them, and there was nothing coming out like a recorded stuff. No, 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 no demos, no singles, no something. And it's something that I really think that the Brazilian bands they they fuck up on this thing because as they start to play something, they need to record something just to keep like a, a record of how the bands been evolving through the years. You know, it's something that really. Lacks because imagine you're trying to get a gig somewhere else. They don't know your band. There's another city, another state, another anywhere else in the world. How are you going to show your music somewhere else 
if you don't have it recorded or anything like that, oh, it's just the beginning of the band. I know it's the beginning of the band, but it, man, if we, if you have the time to rehearse, why don't you make a record? Yeah, why don't you record that rehearse? That yeah. rehearsal. Yeah, that's actually what Ian and I did. Ian Ian has a lot more experience doing the band thing than I do. Uh, I've never I did you know music in school and did performances for school, but I never did the thrash metal band thing. And I remember Ian was always you know oh we got to play louder, play louder, play louder, and that was sort of a, a barrier to me, you know. <laughs> but then as we started playing more and more, you just realize you just want to hit record. I mean, a couple of I mean, we talked about this on the podcast. A couple of songs that we had were literally just from practices that we recorded and one in particular we went and we were just playing we listened to it uh, independently in fact and then months later right ian i, I think this is like was it destruction grinder yeah yeah and we just you know i said hey do you remember this do you remember that day we played this song and he's like i know that i've been listening to that too yeah. we played it the same way just from that you know just from that recording and yeah, it's very something imp- something improvised and it sounded good, and we we both picked up on it, and it turned into a decent song. Just to make another parallel, imagine you guys you've known each other for quite some time, right? Imagine if you recorded your conversations, how many more podcast episodes you will have? Like it's this kind of thing. This it's just a conversation between the musicians, you know. The 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 the, the great records for the, of the past, how many of them were not just a, a really big old gem? Yeah, yeah. All those all those conversations too that are lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's something like I, I believe people maybe maybe because we are great fans of the the, the, the metal genre, we think like no, when we record it, it would be something amazing and beautiful and big and empowering. And you know, we are putting it too too high up. Like it's it's not something unreachable. It's not something for the like uh, for the coming of the next coming of Jesus Christ or something <laughs> like that. Just a recorded material. Uh, our drummer, João Mancha, he had a, a band called Toikoji. It's named after the something the, during the military period in Brazil. And it was a fucking amazing band. I really liked them live. They were heavy. They were guttural thing. You know, it's really amazing band. They never recorded anything. No live gigs, no rehearsal. Oh, it's all lost. Devastated. All completely lost because the band broke up. Like, oh, I fucking hate you. Go somewhere else or yeah, something sucks. like that. No, people got tired. They got tired of their own songs. Yeah. So they stopped playing. They got into a fight, I believe. I may be recalling this wrong. But it's, it's lost. It's something that's completely lost. Now, don't you play in another band as well? Yeah, I do. It's under hate. Under hate's it's, really good. It's not a thing because yeah, under hate, you started rehearsing, doing that. You know, let's re- let's record the rehearsals. So we've got something, we got something, some new songs that actually exist for us to listen to ourselves. Like, what are we trying to make it make better? You know, oh, this yeah. this riff here, this little vocal passage here, this little something there. And it's a lot of more. I don't know. It's it, it makes the process a lot more human. I believe it. Great thing to do. And yeah. another hate it's something I I got into the band after they recorded something and right like the week after they recorded something, the guitar player left the band, quit the band. He he's fucking amazing. He he plays in a indie mainstream cover band. He, oh my he's, god. He's, he's, 
he plays no, 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 no. everything you've heard from other hits. That's not me. That's not oh. me recording it. Oh, that's not you. Yeah, that's not me. Okay. I'm only on the live things. I mean, and then the next thing we we should record something like I believe next year. But that's not me. That's him. That all well, the props to him. This is a great man. I'm still impressed with your abilities, anyway. So I heard that <laughs> I heard that guitar playing, and I'm like, wow, this guy's all over the place. I love this. No, that's because in in in, in which one of under hates uh, record, recordings have you listened to? Because there's a there's a acts of oppression, and that's the another one like between war and death, I believe, uh, an EP. Uh, Dan actually has listened to more. I've listened to it twice, maybe, and I don't know which one I was listening to, but it was still pretty good. What, yeah, um, I, what, go ahead. I think I listened to the EP, um, but I probably listened to the other stuff as well. I just know that when you had mentioned it, Rodrigo, that I just popped it into Spotify and, and let it go. So I'm not sure exactly what I listened to, but it was really, it was really good. Definitely. The, vo the vocals, the vocals threw me off a little bit, but um, it's still pretty good. That man, it's a, he's like a, he's a really big fan of Isodurf. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. It's, it's really in your face, but it's something. I mean, we, that's the guy. That's the guy who sang for Priest for a while, right? Isn't that the singer for Priest for a while when Rob Halford was out? Um, Ripper? Ripper Owens? Yeah, Ripper Owens. Yeah, that's right. Ah, man, I'm, I mean... Yeah, he sang for on like three or four Priest albums and a live yeah, album, yeah. too. I mean, I, I, I don't really... I haven't really listened to anything from Ripper Owens. I don't know his vocal... He sounds just like Rob Halford. Like, really? Just, yeah, just like him. And that's a nice change, right? Rob Halford goes off. You got a little, uh, nice little Rob Halford substitute for you. I, no, I, I love that kind of. Dan doesn't really like that kind of vocals, but I, I love that kind of vocals. But it has to be done right, like the the early yeah. Jeff, the early Jeff Tate stuff, you know, and almost all of Rob Halford, and you know, it has to be done right. But like, no offense to the, anybody out there who's gonna just hate me for this, but like King Diamond, I can't stand that guy's voice. Well, because he sings like he, he doesn't do like the full belly screams like he doesn't put his guts in. It's like, ah, and you're like, oh, what the hell is that? It always seemed to me like so, so much like half baked, half ass. Something like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. So it wasn't just me because I know there's a lot of King Diamond fans out there. So yeah. Well, it definitely I... takes a a certain style to be able to project. You know, it's it's difficult in and of itself. To do vocals at all. I mean, Ian, you know that firsthand. You do it while playing guitar and while doing drums, which I can't even conceptualize. That either of those things would be hard for me. But when you, it's one thing to sort of, I guess, growl. And that's a whole other other style. But to get the voices, to get the highs and those shrieks and stuff, that's a whole other level yeah. of, of confidence and and skill. You know, <laughs> confidence. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> It can either be awesome or you completely embarrass yourself. Yeah, but I believe that's the point because if you are confident enough, you will never be embarrassed. Like you, you can be like really bad, but if you're extremely confident about it, you, if you don't show that you're afraid of how bad you sound, maybe <laughs> just don't get it that you're bad. You know, sometimes I think of, I think of it. I see some band and I mean, I really don't like that band. And people, oh, how the hell don't you like the band? The men, uh, they are so. Uh, I, I don't like the sound. Then I like when I look at the 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 band, like the 
the visuals of the beta oh now i see they are all confident and like they show off you know something like they're, they're bigger than that they are great now I, i believe that's something of the of their imagery goes a long way with the the vocal style sure yeah so what about this album nightwolf who wants to who wants to start can i start let's say just saying something all right well I, so- I, they sound like they sound like when I was growing up, like when I was 13, 14, and I heard that that certain band, like when I first heard the the Queen's Reich EP of four songs, you know, with um uh, Queen of the Reich on it and stuff, and I was like, oh my god, I this like gave me chills, and I was in love with it, and and that was the kind of sound that it reminded me of, almost like a mixture of Queen's Reich and like Armored Saint almost, and I, I'm older than Dan, so he, I don't think you really know where I'm coming from because there wasn't really a whole lot of metal in the early 80s. And when that stuff came out, like Armored Saint, you know, March of the Saint and all those, I, mean, I love that shit. So it brought me right back to being a, a teenager. It really did. Well, it's funny, Ian, that you say Queen's right, because that's actually what the, the vocals kind of reminded me of in a way. Yeah. Sort of Queen's Rocky. Yeah. And it's, it's admittedly a little bit outside my comfort zone because it's just a little bit before that style is a little bit before my time. Not, I'm not saying that I can't appreciate it and, and definitely I appreciate the skill in it. But I sort of veer kind of towards the other side yeah, of the spectrum, if that makes sense. Slayer and heavier. Yeah. But this album has some fantastic riffs in it. And yeah. there are some parts where the vocalist just does fantastic. Where, and, 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 and it's not something he invented, but he, he did some great parts where maybe like in the lead, he'll catch the tone of the guitar i don't know yeah. if it, as he's like doing a dive bomb or going the other way right yep, yep. and i just he really nailed that in a couple of a couple of songs in particular oh, unleash the beast I, he does it i think right but yeah unleash the beast and that's probably my favorite favorite song off the cp the first song yeah uh no the second one unleash the beast like the 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 first one is like a little intro yeah all right so you probably skipped that then right no, no, I, I I listened to it. I enjoyed it. it fits perfect. With uh, it. What does uh, what does that mean? The intro. What does the name mean, Rodrigo? Is that I mean, little... Blood Moon? Blood, I think right? right. Yeah. I wasn't asking you, Dan. No kidding. All right. <laughs> oh wait, Luna. Okay, Sanguis. Oh, Sanguis. Yeah. Duh. Okay. Sorry. 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 I kind of liked Holy Machine. I kind of liked the last song myself. But man, these songs they have something to me that's. Uh, I, I mean, it's it, it's really not from my time. It's something that I I like from the '70s heavier bands, but that they have this kind of a I don't know if a disco thing about it. They have a lot of swing. <laughs> oh, is this a, it? is this an actual band or is this like a side project for another band? No, no, this is an actual band. Oh, okay, okay. The, the, the main project. I see. This is something to to me. As you said, uh, it's it brought you back some memories of when you no, started listening. No, it, oh no, totally did. It sounds kind of like Armored Saint to me, the music. And to me, I, I I didn't start listening to to the the really early metal stuff. I I mean, it's quite early, but I started listening to like Kill 'Em All, Metallica, Kill 'Em All, and <laughs> Iron Maiden, Motorhead. Not that, I mean, it's quite early, but. It brought me back to the uh, first Accept albums, you know? Like yeah. Breaker, Rest and Wild, mixed with something uh, with the 
painkiller of Judas Priest, you know? Mm-hmm. Something about that double bass going on all the time, those really high vocals, yeah. but the, a kind of a swing to the songs, a kind of a swing to the guitar playing. That little, that, those little things that the, the bass player does in, in every song, like he, he's, keep, he, he's like a Ian Hill, keeping the rhythm. Oh, the yeah, rhythm. solid. But then sometimes it goes a little bit out of his, out of his way. And that's the, the moments like sometimes people don't don't usually uh, usually people overlook this like he, great drum players great bass players because they are doing what they have to do like keeping it simple exactly and doing an extremely great job and people think ah they don't know how to play things because they, they, exactly. they're not doing anything exactly. difficult they are yep. not technically proficient or something like that but no that's the that's the that's the point. They are doing something simple, extremely well done. They went, then sometimes they have like those little jabs showing something more. Right. Like filling the song with something extra. Yeah. To me, this is a great little EP. It's, it's like what we were saying about Ian Hill. It's like if, if you don't notice it, that means they're doing their job sometimes. Perfectly. Yeah. Sometimes if you notice if it stands out too much, it's like they're messing up or something's not quite right. Or what. But no, you know, no I, I know exactly what you're, what you're saying. I think sometimes, too, you just appreciate that as someone who plays music. You know what I mean? And, and certain people Don't. will gravitate towards certain parts of the music, right? Uh, Ian, for example, me, you're always like, oh, you, should, you need to do more leads, you need to do more leads. I'm like, I'm not drawn to that kind of the music. I've always been drawn to the rhythm section of it. i love playing bass you know uh not any good at it but i love playing it you know and i and i always seem to hone in on that part of the music as well as the rhythm guitar i mean you have some meat rodrigo you talked about kill them all and stuff I man i think we can all agree agree hetfield is a great rhythm player yeah writes some great riffs That's you know because I, I don't believe you should say that he's a great rhythm player he's a great player Rhythm yeah. is something that people try to overlook. Like, oh, he's not the main star of the show because he's not doing leads or something. I, I could bet you, I mean, in, in the US, you have like a draft system in the sports, right? James Hatfield would be drafted like first round, second round, miles ahead of Kirk Hammett and any band. Like, yeah, if, I if agree. Would, I agree. Like, make a new band. It's one of the hardest things to find in a band is a really good, solid rhythm guitar player who's fine with that. You know, he's got to he's got to let the other guy do the leads, but he's solid and he's really good. Like um, like what, what's his name? Derek from Overkill. Man, he loves just being up there playing the rhythms mm-hmm. and he's really fucking good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw something like Derek doesn't record the guitars on the later Overkill records. It's all Dave Linsk, I believe. The, the he, yeah, yeah. You know what? And that, that guy is the most underrated guy in metal, dude. That Linsk guy is insanely good. He's very good. I, I love that guy. That's an amazing player. No one ever talks about him. He's never talked about it. He's never in the conversation with thrash metal, and I don't get it because he's so good. Yeah, yeah. I can't add anything to that because I feel the same way. Yeah, he's been there 21, 22 years or something already. Wow. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so back to this album. Um, yeah, well, I was just going to say that Halls of Hell is another great album or a great song on the on this EP, this album. The track Man, to five. Me that, I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I mean, Halls of Hell, to me, specifically to me, that's that would be the, the weakest song because I feel like <laughs> a, a, a tiny bit too slow. It goes like a, 
like a mid pace, then everything's okay. Okay, then uh, I believe close to the going to up to the solo, it goes like that's a nice break thing to do. Like, oh, that's nice, but it was already slow. I mean, oh, oh, yeah. man. Shadow, yeah, definitely follows like the E to the A chord progression formula yeah. too. I mean, that's it's pretty. Yeah, this is yeah. The, the weakest song to me on the record that has it's full of high notes. You no, know, it, it's a to me only. That one and uh, that one and Shadowmaker are my least favorite. Oh man, you don't like Shadowmaker? Nah, not so much. I don't know. I like I like Un Unleash a Beast. I like Unleash a Beast and the Holy Machine probably the best. <sighs> But Shadowmaker has such a great chorus, man. Like, gun, 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 gun. The guitar sings it so well. <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah, this definitely <laughs> took me back, though, man. Yeah, what, what's your throwaway then for this one? We sometimes we pick the throwaway throwaway song from the is album. There, what's yeah, your throwaway? There, yep. Throwaway. Yeah, I mean, we. Be... Sounds, sounds like I mean, can I throw away the intro? Oh sure. Is that is that count, uh, Dan? Sure. Why not? That's something I, I mean, I, 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 I like intros, but I like them when I'm listening to the whole record, like I did to remember how, how everything went. But I'm, I'm, eh, I don't listen to intros like on the on shuffle and things oh, like you guys that. Are, <laughs> you guys are the same. <laughs> the same, yeah. <laughs> I mean, gonna... do you know that band Onslaught, like a British yes. band? Yes, yes, yes. In Search of Sanity. That's sure. such a great record. I oh, mean, you like that? Think, I love oh, the track. Oh, I fucking hate that album so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the first record I've heard of them. That's the so singer from That's the singer from Grim, Grim Reaper. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. fucking it's amazing. Oh, it's terrible. I heard that. I listened to it. I gave it a shot back when it first came out oh, because Onslaught is so good. And then that guy comes in and sings and ruins everything. Oh, my oh, God. Man, you, have to, you have to think of it as a, as a Grim Reaper record. It's oh an amazing record. I mean, <laughs> because I've listened to it as the first Onslaught record. That the I first, heard. yeah, I had the first Grim Reaper album too, and that's that's kind of like the King Diamond thing I was talking about. You know, that kind of weak sort of. Ah, you know? <laughs> hey, that man. Ah. I got. I'm gonna. I tell you what. I'm gonna go back and re-listen to it because everything else Onslaught is so good, but that album just pissed me off. They re-recorded some songs of that record, right? I mean, they, they recorded Shell Shock. I believe the, they did, yeah. yeah. I they, they blood upon the ice. That's a fucking killer song, man. There's a, there's a bunch of killer riffs on that song. They, I don't know if they re-recorded that song specifically, but that's an amazing fucking song. It's a great song. It's like eight minutes, and it keeps you like from heart attack okay. from heart attack. I'm gonna go back and listen to it. I'm gonna go back and re-listen to it because it's been 25 years at least since I've listened to it, and I hated it. Think of it as a new band. That's okay, okay. Think of it as a new band. So, because that's something... In, on that, and skip the intro. Skip the fucking intro. That yeah, intro yeah. is five minutes of a ball rolling on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell thought of that? Five minutes. Five minutes. Dude, you're so funny. That is so true. I can't... It sounds, sounds like you've got like a metal ball rolling around. Yeah, the, the the wooden floor. <laughs> I know that that used to do that like a those, the, those lifting weights. You know that roll around. Right. But my grandma's wooden floor. It did the same exact sound. 
No, I'm sure you've heard Onslaught before him, right? The the earlier stuff. You've sure you've heard that. Oh my god, the first thing I've heard of them was In Search of Sanity. That was the first thing. Yep, that was the first thing I ever heard of them as well. And then I went back and I listened to the older stuff, and the older stuff is so good. It's like a total. Because it was worth the. Yeah, I mean, I I listened to Power from Hell and uh, I forgot the name of the other one, The Force. Power from Hell and The Force, right? The the the, the earlier records of. I think they have two. Yeah, they have two before that one. Yeah, I don't know what the names are, but. Some of the some songs, and I was like, oh, it sounds nothing like the other record. And I it got me like it got me bad, it got me the wrong way. You know, it's like oh, oh I see. I yeah, I I, see. But then I listened to things that came after it, like the burn. Burn the other one I can't remember the sound of dying and six and I like those it's a great record then completely different you know I what mean, this reminds me of do you like destruction at all yeah yeah my the first time I ever heard destruction was the album cracked brain and I guess everybody that likes destruction hates that album with a passion but I, I love that album I like that record that's something really quirky about that reference it is but i never heard anything else from them for years you know and then destruction fans would be like you know that was disgraceful and we're not fans anymore and i'm like what are you talking about it's a great album and then you go back and you listen to the previous stuff and it's it is kind of totally different but i love that that's a great album dude you know they they have like some some things that i considered unofficial right mm -hmm. after crack pain and before the antichrist i believe have you ever heard those those unofficial records they they, they recorded? I have not. Listen to them. Have a okay. listen at them because people I, I I usually read on the metal archives about records and the, the scores and reviews mm -hmm. and people shit about those records like oh they sell completely sold out for the the groove side of of things you know like with Pantera coming up and, and everything like that but it's amazing I mean. To me, it's a completely new band. It is. They have lots of those stop and go riffs. They have a lot more chromatics in the, in the riff things, and it sounds different, but it sounds good to me. It's essentially it's essentially all different players too. I mean, they could have just renamed it something else, yeah. and then everyone would have loved it. Kind of like New Sepultura for Dan, right? If it was a different name, Sepultura. It might be awesome for Dan. Yeah, that's funny. That I was actually just thinking about that while you guys were talking, talking about when Rodrigo said, just think of it as like a different album for a different band. Yeah. We did in episode one, we reviewed Quadra, the the album from Sepultura. Which is amazing. I, yeah, it is good. <laughs> but the thing is that that we came from that discussion was I had to think of it as a different as a different band. You know, if I went in thinking I'm listening to Sepultura, I didn't like it. They've got synths and a couple other little things that, to me, in my mind, aren't the Max era Sepultura. So I'd, it's it's just difficult for me to get into it. But when I think of it as just like, oh, I'm just listening to some other metal band, then I, I like it much more. It's interesting how that can be a factor, you know? Right? Yeah. I mean, that just, to me, that's just a, a perfect example of how, of how prejudice affects our judgment, you know? Yes. Because we, we look at a name and we have that imagery on our head like Sepultura. I mean, to me, it's Arise, Beneath the Remains, Schizophrenia. Yeah. That's what I think when I look at the name Sepultura. Chaos but AD. I, I, like, I, I mean, I don't think of the Chaos AD stuff, but I like the Chaos AD stuff. The first thing that, came, that comes to my head is Arise, Dead Embryonic Cells, Murder, it's 
those kind of songs, not really, really fast and uh, great mm-hmm. songs. I list, I've, I, I, I believe I listened to, I've listened to the the Quadra record um, <laughs> the week it came. Out. I liked it, but I, I don't recall anything. I mean, I am a great fan of the the drummer Loja Casagrande. He's a monster. He is the most amazing drummer in metal, period, dude. He is beyond a monster. He's amazing. We attended a a workshop that he played here in Brasilia, like talking about uh, his techniques and some of his like a professional side of the musicianship, like like, booking and this kind of thing. And he played some songs like uh, alone, uh, backing track of the band, and he was playing there uh, alone. He he looks menacing. Like, oh, yeah. Look menacing. He has like a, 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 I don't know, his shoulders. He's like, huge. Like, he's huge. And he was like a bald. He shaved his head. It's uh, such a menacing guy playing. But uh, talking to him, it's such like a, such a loving soul. Such a great guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He hits hard. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he really hits hard. There's another story we played Porondo uh, Rock here in 2017, and we shared the stage. When we found out that they that we would share the stage with him, because there were three stages, so we didn't know what where they would play. When we found out that they would share the same stage with us, I was like, oh man, I mean, I mean, I really should like put a sticker like by his drum. Somewhere there, like make him look into our logo, internalize that brand, you know. Maybe next time he sees it, oh, I know that man, that's a great man. Something like a subliminal message, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just perfect. for shit and giggles. So I, yeah. I walked up to I walked up to his to his drums, got underneath the blanket, like 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 hiding from the sun and things. I glue I I put a sticker on this, I believe was the the snare drum, or maybe the the floor tom got away from it, like went back to my place. This huge guy comes back in and says, Oh, did you put the sticker there? Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, man. No, no, it's okay. That's Eloy Casagrande's drum, uh, drum kit, his personal drum kit. Would you take that off? Oh. Fucking no. It's like Steven Seagal of a security guard, oh, you know? Oh, no. Yes, I would take that off. Got back there, removed. So that was a, a little bit like a personal blue. kit. <laughs> yeah, that's the story I was told. You know, maybe Steven Seagal <laughs> had a, a little joke uh, on me, but it sure <sighs> did. I mean, I got back there, and on that workshop, I talked to him about that story. Huh? Ah, that's okay, man. That's no problem. But maybe, maybe he was joking also. Like, a, thank God you took that off, man. Because I would rip your head if I knew that it was you. He didn't kill you, so yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, nice guy, nice guy. Yeah, I, I, I personally, I mean, I'm a, I'm an old Sepultura fan, but I, you know, I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but that last album they did, I think it's their best album. I, I really do. Max or not, so I said it. It's out there, man. <laughs> People are going we'll be to- we'll be cutting that part out, Ian. We will throw that on the on the editing yeah. floor. <laughs> right, right, edit that out. Yeah, okay. Just kidding. Well, that that's something quite I I believe I I I mean, for quite some time I believe 
I was on the the wrong side of it, thinking that oh, but that that should be a new band, that should be uh, they should change the name or something like that. Same here. But man, there's a documentary of the 20, 30 years of Sepultura, something like that. It it's it, it has no comments of on of Mac, Max or Igor or any of the other like really old guys for the formation. Only Paulo because he's in a band to his day to his date. Right. But just look at how how they worked so hard for so much time, you know. And, and Andreas Kisser was in the band for such a long time. He is he better is. than ever. Yeah, I mean he's he found like a, a different sound that worked for him that he he liked a lot. He plays like great acoustic guitar. Yeah. He he some people try to say that he downgraded no. because think of solos on, on a rise that had a lot of effects and a lot of things. Now he's the only player. He has to make a, a new kind of... Uh, he has to play it in a new kind of a way, you know? I think he's better than ever. Uh, just watching just watching him play, I just watched a live thing yesterday, a recent one from Paris in like February, I think. And Man, he was just... Yeah, he's the only guitar player now, but he was amazing. I believe he found a way to be himself. Like, a, you listen to him... I mean, you know, Dimebag. If you, li- you don't know a Pantera song, but you listen to him, his his guitar playing, you know, oh, that's Steinbeck. And you listen oh, to yeah. Andreas Kisser, that's Andreas Kisser. Absolutely. He's on that spot, you know, like, he, he has a, the very significant characteristic of sounds, like, that's him. Yeah. Or the obvious one, like Tony Iommi, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys going to, what do you guys think, uh, what about rating this? What, what do you think about this, uh, Dan? Um, I would probably give this, I've been thinking about it because part of me wants to say a three just because it's not quite my vocal style, but then I really do like the vocals where, like I said before, he kind of catches it with the leads and does kind of some of those really cool tricks, but it is also, you know, an EP and it's kind of short. So I'm going to give it three and a half. I do like it. Um, I think that there's just a lot of good, good guitar work in there. The drummer is is good like i said just the vocal style is a little different than i tend to lean towards but he's got some does some really cool tricks with it too so i give it three and a half yeah what sold me on it was the guitar playing um some of it's a little repetitive for me and it really took me back though which is what kind of what i liked so god damn it dan i'm gonna give it a three and a half as well <laughs> we always seem to like yeah. agree somehow i don't i don't get it They're speaking too much alike man what do you say but as you said it's something maybe it brings back memories of they were not there in the end but it brings back memories of a time I mean they're not copying anyone it doesn't sound that way but they're sounding the exact way that a band from back there would sound you know yeah so to me, it, it, it means a lot because you're being original, not copying anyone, and sounding like from another time zone, time time space. I don't know how to say that. It's a, yeah, it sounds like it's from that time, doesn't it? But it's not copying Queensryche or, you know, yeah, I agree. That's a good way to phrase it. It has, to me, great guitar harmony parts. I mean, there's a, there are those, those little things right before the solos, no? Yeah. Those little Judas Priest moments, those yeah. little Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden moments. Yeah, I love this. I love those things. You know, it's, it's something that I really wanted to make it myself. 
but it's suck at it. Those are great harmonies. I like that a lot. I, I envy that a lot. But it has an intro in an EP and it kind of it kind of bums me out like well, it's so short and you put an yeah. intro. Why? Why? Make more songs, please record them. And Halls of Hell it kinds of kind of ah, downgraded a little bit me. But I would gravitate around three and a half. I mean, it's out of five, right? Zero to five? Yeah. Yes, out of five. Oh, okay. I would stay on three and a half to four because it's something to me that I don't see a lot going on anymore. This, this, this little swing, you know? This yeah. heavy metal music makes you go like shoulders open, up and down and your hips from side to side. <laughs> there's nothing to it. I totally picture it's that. Kind of do you know if they're coming out with a, a full-length album anytime soon? I mean, you said they're friends of yours, right? I don't believe it'll be anytime soon because they, as they released it in January, February, and everything right. like COVID came up. And but sure. but yeah. they got a they, they got a, a deal. They got a, a small label here from Brazil. I, I I should not say I shouldn't say it's small because I don't know them. It's a medium size, like going to a big size big size label. They're going to have like a nation, maybe I, I believe international distribution, you know? Oh, Something good. Like okay. I don't know in the if they're they're contractually obligated to obligated to do something in the near future, one, two, three years. Right. If they're free to do how much they feel free to do. I don't know exactly about that. But they are kind of locked in to get it to get an album done at some point, you think? Well, I, I believe they are because Okay. Something it got a really great response to them. It's something, I mean, you put a lot of work into it, and when something in in when you get a great response, it makes like every every work you you put into it like comes back to you. It's very much satisfying. I mean, to me, your 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 show about us was something like, man, I gotta keep it going because those little moments. I don't want to change the world. I want to have something, you know, in Sri Lanka going. Oh, that's a great fucking bed. Just right. enjoying something that we do, we, we create, you know. And I believe they got a lot of a lot out of it. They shipped it worldwide before the 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 pandemic kicked in. I mean, the, the individual buys, of course, but it's something yeah. so 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 beautiful to see, you know. Like it's, it's like a, a a little child of you, you know. You and I mean, you and your four other parents, like four other fathers. Has a little this little one EP, a little tri- child that you worked so hard to to educate it and to nurture it and to record it and to finally release it. I believe they are going to do it for a long time. Good, yeah. So I guess we all went three and a half. That's interesting. It shows you how subjective music is, right? Right. I need I need to I need to break away from the pact right now. I, I'm gonna give it a four, just because. Yeah. Guys, there you go. There you go. Just just shows you how we can have you know different experiences of the same the same music. Yeah, and yeah. we can rate them very similar. I can like something um, that is actually the the low point for you. So it's just interesting how that works. You know how art is and music are so subjective. 
it, it, there's always kind of a windy, twisty path to get to that. You know, it's like, well, I don't like this. Well, I like that. You know, and then it always seems to end up for Dan and I anyway. It's, it always ends up to that, that, you know, oh, I give it a three. And it's like, really? Because so do I. You know, it's like start laughing about it. Cause... And even as, as you said, it's something like the, even the some things are overused. Like it, it happens on this record that has been done so many times. But it's like those Black Sabbath leaks, like those blues leaks. You love that sound. It's something everybody does that. And it's not going away. When somebody when someone does that, it's like, oh, I I really wanted to to listen to that. I really wanted to hear that in a solo because that's that's like a a milestone. Yeah. And the the guitar tone sound sold me on this one because the guitar tone on this album is really good and the riffs and everything, like you're saying, it's just nice. So I like it a lot, man. And to me they 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 checked all the boxes on the, the what needs to be done right. On this record, no, for a heavy metal record. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Dan. I'm not too big on the singer so much, but I grew up with that kind of sound, so I'm fine with it. And it totally took me back, man. I, I, it was like March of the Saint, Armored Saint, all over again. You know, 14, 15 years old. Oh my God. I need John. to confess, I never heard that record. March of the Saint of Armored Saint, right? Yeah, man. I listened to that to death, and I think it came out in '84. That's John 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 Bush. John John yeah John Bush yeah. But I'm talking about the the music sounds a lot like Armored Saint. The singing to me reminded yeah. me of Je- of Jeff Tate from from Queensrÿche a okay, lot. Okay okay yeah yeah. John Bush is is someone else that I would like to know your opinion on something. How do you like Sounds of White Noise by Anthrax? Um, I hate that album. Oh no man. <sighs> no it was you know. It, it, I, I got that the day it came out, man. I'm telling you, I listened to it over and over and over, and I tried. And they, they tried to, like, blow it up and everything. There's a couple good songs on it, but, like, it's not even near as good as, like, We've Come For You All or um or The the Better of Two Evils. You know, it's, like, it's not even close. Um, well, and Stomp 1, what was it, Stomp 182 or something? What is it called? Stomp 442. Ah, 442, yeah. Yeah, that album stunk, too, I think. I, I didn't like that album either. There's a period there where they did a couple albums. Now the singing was amazing. John Bush is really good. I, I believe that's something that's what turned me on to the to, to sounds of white noise because, I mean, only it's a really well-known song of Anthrax. I mean, even Joey Belladonna today sings it. I believe sounds kind of weird in his voice, but it's something that I still play today. And that's the only song I knew from this record. And I tried. I was looking at that. Ah, maybe I may give it a shot. Then I listen some songs like Room for More, more Room for One oh, More. Right. Some other songs like man, these the, the, the vocal lines are so intricate, like they, 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 they're they're poking you in your face, like look at me, man. Look at me, man. Shake your body to it. Bang your head to it. You know, it's here's it's, an here here's another case where if it was a different named band or a different band, it, it, I might have thought it was amazing. But it yeah. wasn't it wasn't anthrax to me, not then. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great thing to say, but I mean, think of Rush, think of Rush, think of all the sounds that Rush made through the records. Like they went from like those blues rock, hard rock, to something very progressive, deep, heavy, and then they came back to something more pop-like. Then they went back to to the the same things, like more prog stuff. I respect that a lot, man. How how three persons can walk around with reggae metal and radio music and pop music and I don't know like, 
But here's the difference, though. You always knew it was Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. You, I'm gonna, you know what? You've inspired me. I'm going to go back and I'm going to re-listen to that album. Because, no, but man, because you like it. And, 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 and I, I gave up on that thing 20 years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> when, remember when we saw him live, Dan? And we're like, oh, we'll just stay for a couple songs. And then... And then Joey Belladonna came out and started doing that fucking rah! And I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking Anthrax! And we yeah, just, that was Death Angel. That was the Death Angel show we went right? to. And we, yeah. and we just sat there, the three of us sat there mesmerized the whole show, and they were amazing. But Death Angel yeah. is another band that had something, but to me, only that the Ultraviolence is a record. The yeah. Frolic Park is almost like another band. It sounds It's like, crap. It's crappy. The mixed bag. It's and, like they tried, to, they tried to go with like humorous pop kind of metal or something, and it didn't yeah, work. Something not right. But then Act Three is amazing. Holy shit, man! The yeah. organization and that that another song like uh, what's the name of the really funky song? It's uh, Ecstasy. It's like, let's see, stop or um, let's see. Don't do boom 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 the organization and the organization, the organization, the one with the funky intro, right? Fuck yeah, that's so a great song. Fucking amazing songs, right? They had nothing like back in the ultra violence and nothing like for like for the park. Then they seized the band. Oh, some, man. I believe, they, they started another band, and then some people came back, some people didn't come back for the the art of killing. What's the name? Oh, of the that record? was a uh, two two thousand. Four. That was 14 years later. You know what? In the 90s, they were called the organization. So they just yeah. changed. They changed their name to the organization. Have you heard the, the organization? I, I've never heard anything from them. I, I haven't really listened to them either. But it was, I think, three of the members of the band. So it basically, was Death Angel, and they're they're playing like more funky kind of stuff, I guess. I haven't really tried to listen to them or, or anything because I love Death Angel. And when they broke up after uh, Act Three, I was I was pretty bummed because that. That album's amazing. Dude, I just yeah. listened to that like two days ago. I've been listening to that consistently since it came out in 1990. That's, man, that's an amazing record because they, they were so young. They yeah. were so young. They, they had so much, so many influences. Yeah. To me, it's very much inspirational because I love that funky thing. And, 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 and it, it's heavy. It's oh, yeah. Heavy. Yeah. And the changes are crazy. They just change. Every song is like change after change after change. And you're not going to like it until you get used to it. And then you're going to love it. Even the ballad, like uh, Veil of Percept, the Veil of Deception. Veil of, I love that song. That's an amazing ballad. Yeah. That, that, that's a great man. I don't know how Death Angel is, is it bigger than Testament. Same I here. I don't know how Testament has so, so many people blow his muck up with that. No, Death, Death Angel is one of my favorite bands easily. Them and Overkill, probably. That would be a dream concert to attend, like Death Angel, Overkill. And Mofu. And Mofu, there you go. Mofu good. opening. We talked about that last time. Mofu, Violence, Death Angel, and Overkill. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, will not, I will not be able to play that. Violence, I would be like, I don't know, kissing Killan's oh, ass. Dude, I, I I love all those bands. Oh wait, you're in one of the one of those bands. But anyway, yeah, Mofu, Violence, Death Angel, yeah, Overkill. Man, that would be the show of all shows. No oh, man, no 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 no, not the show of shows because I need to attend that show in the audience. I I, I can't. 
watch that that show. You know, it's something. Dan will fill in for you. Dan will fill in for you so you can no, watch. Dan, please, please do it. <laughs> right, <Just> right. <laughs> I need to watch. I need to watch your playthroughs a few more times. <laughs> how how do you like that? I mean, was it okay? Do we, do you have any recommendations, suggestions to make a recording something to make it better? Oh no, I thought it was great. Um, I think when you listen to a, an album, you know, it's been produced and you hear something live, oftentimes it's very different, right? There's the nuance of when you're playing live, you never play it 100% correct, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. always a little bit different. And so to just to watch and go, oh, you know, as someone who plays guitar, to watch it and go, oh, I see, okay, I see. Because some of it you pick up, but then if you're just sort of listening to it as a complete album, you're not really trying yeah. to analyze it and trying to figure it yeah. out. So it's definitely... A, a nice thing to see pop up in, in my Instagram feed. Um, so please release more of those. That would be great. Yeah, I, I, I would surely love to do some some more. I was I was looking for uh, you know those action cams like GoPro to put one of them like, hanging from the, the the headstock of the guitar, like to have that angle. That's a, that, I love that angle. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't have like a more cameras doing it. You know, make it a little more visual content of it but sometimes when i'm watching this very heavy like cutting this this angle and then this angle and then that angle and then this another angle and then there's another angle. i, I want to watch the fucking man play, play the guitar i mean stop changing angles you know i think that that's uh what was nice about just seeing it there and then again like i said just sort of being able to see what you had what's going on just with the isolated guitar instead of yeah. the whole complete band and stuff so it was really yeah, I good. To, I need to. I need to get back to it. Uh, there's only two more. I need to do the rest of the the, the, the record. No, that even for for myself because we're not rehearsing. I need to remember those songs, like those, those details. Yeah, so when, I, when are we going to be able to get some shirts? <laughs> oh yeah. Ah man. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> there's a there's a guy in in. I forgot the name of this city, man, but in Russia, he's been asking for the CDs too. And it, it, it's, he was talking to us about, at the same time you guys were talking to us in, in April, asking about the record and things like that. And, well, we're waiting for the record to come to be, to be done. And it got to our hands in, in June or in late May. And I got it to be, oh man, the records are here. I'm going to ship it to you. And I got it to the post office. Oh no, Russia is not accepting anything from Brazil right now. No, fucking Brazilians, fucking Russians, why? <laughs> Coronavirus. And then I got to your order, and it's like, oh, US is not accepting anything from Brazil right now, and shall not accept anything from Brazil for a long time. And some countries are completely, completely closed down, and I'm not receiving things from Brazil, you know. And I'm not, I'm not judging them. It's well, Brazil is one of the most infected countries in the world. Why would you accept anything from that? You know, why would you worsen your situation, accepting? record a t-shirt from a band called Mofu. What are you doing, man? Putting your country <laughs> in danger? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to check it up with the post office like every week to see which countries are now accepting our, our uh, shipments. It's been a hard time, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I have one last question. Have you written anything new for any potential new album coming up? Oh man, it 
anything new and some old stuff because no no anything they, brand new full songs you got it all together and everything i mean even if i don't believe there's anything brand brand new because there 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 was one song that we planned on, on releasing on this record that we scraped like 70% of it like we reused the intro and the verse okay. then everything else we changed and it's something that went from well, I was listening a lot of Vector and Voivod by that time it's so it's it's Vector like, oh. Vector Vector that Vector. guy's amazing dude that guitar player is insane what the yeah. fuck happened to that dude that guy is insane I can't believe that band even exists. How do they even? How do they even function? I mean, I know the whole band left the guy, but I can see why. That guy's out of his mind. The guitar playing is absolutely out of control, dude. That last Vector album is one of the best albums I've ever heard. But you Don't see, you they're, they're pretty heavy on the sci-fi subject, right? Yeah, they are, but they're so fucking fast and perfect. They're like they play perfect. That's the perfect opening for you, man. You got you have all those UFO stories. You have all the the, the chops of playing. You know you gotta get in the band, man. That's all. Yeah, but it's not just the what they're talking, which is like what I'm into. But it's the playing. They're just that guy writes some amazing shit, dude. I don't really know if, if he's. He, I know he plays and he sings, right? Yeah. But I don't know if he's the lead player. No, he is. He's the lead player. Ah, nah. Yeah, him and well, him and. And the other guy, but then the whole band, he must be a dick because the whole band left. <laughs> After yeah, the album came out, they just went, screw you. They went back to Arizona and left him in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's been a few years too, right, Ian? When, four, when last one four year, yeah, four, three or four years since that last album came out. But man, I was so addicted to that album. I played it over and over and over. Just so good. That's killer. I mean, Pillars of Sand. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good one. one. Those the, the songs on that the record, the, 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 those riffs, those there are some crazy ideas. I mean, even from the first one, from Black Future, how did he came up with that? What what yeah. is it on? Yeah, I know exactly. What are you doing, man? Because we yeah. attended to a have a re, uh, gig here in Brasilia. After the gig, the guys were talking to us, and I know some some crazy uh, questions about what, what is it playing like in the US and playing around the world and this kind of stuff. And David uh, Sanchez, David Sanchez, the, the vocal man and guitar player for Havoc, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, wait, isn't that the same name as the guy from Havoc? Yeah, but yeah, that's Havoc. Yeah, that, that's the same name, right? I think they got the same name. <laughs> but then he started, he, started, he started to talk things like, oh, you know, but... Uh, LSD is such a, 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 a great drug because it affects the, the sub, subconscious parts of your brain. Like there was this study with a hundred scientists and they were locked up in a room listening to a vinyl record of some classical music given a dosage of LSD and some problems of the, of the field that they could not resolve. After an hour, they all had resolved their problems and challenges and they were they all tapped into the unconscious knowledge that they had to achieve this. I, and I was looking at his face like, holy fuck, man, you really like LSD, right? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Are you talking about Havoc or, or, or um, Vector? Yeah, Havoc. No, Havoc. <laughs> so they're kind and of the same. The, the five, the, 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 the last record, they are really having LSD, man. That's something really like really strange, really weird songs on the last record. 
That album is killer. Which one on Havoc? Havoc's Life? Five oh, that, that album is badass. I play that thing constantly. It's mm-hmm. so good. And it's another record, like those that we talked about. The band was going on some path. I, to me, at least. They took like a right turn at somewhere. And they, but they kept their, their, the main thing of like the, the, the heavy stuff and the, the, the criticism of like the for freedom of speech and that kind of thing. Yeah. But something changed, like the, I don't know, maybe the, the, the groove of it, like bass player is really heavy on those records. Yeah, no, the bass, it's a very bass heavy band. Yeah. I didn't like Conformicide from 2017. I thought that was terrible. So I, I almost, no, gave, no. yeah, I no. almost gave up on them. Terrible, but there are some songs that are really pain in the ass. There are some, some that are great. I mean, it's a, maybe two. Two and, two and a half out of five, like uh, you can nitpick some songs. Like I couldn't, maybe... I, I couldn't get through it more than a couple times. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was terrible, especially after, um, especially after they did, you know, the the previous like three albums, which I thought were pretty good, you know, and I loved them. Conformicide just took a nosedive for me. I was like, I'm not listening to this band ever again. And then five, <laughs> five came out and was just like fucking ripped my head off. I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. You're you're right, man. Though. They do rip off Metallica a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do, but yeah. <laughs> there, there are two bands that you, I mean, there are three bands that we cannot not rip off. It's Metallica, Black Sabbath, and Iron Maiden. They've done so much shit, man. They've done so much stuff. Like, everything you do, oh, that sounds like a Black Sabbath song. Agreed. Oh, that sounds like an Iron Maiden thing. Oh, that sounds like a Metallica stuff. Oh, no, I made that up. Oh, you're ripping off Metallica, man. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I'm a habitual um, Tony Iommi riff stealer, so... Oh, man. It's, it's just inevitable. It's just inevitable. So we all give it a three and a half. And, you know, oh, my God, we're about an hour and 50 minutes in, guys. This has been awesome. <laughs> Good, great. We could do it all day. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. I am talking so much today. Sorry. No, no, it's great. Oh, no, I am too, man. Let's, let's keep on it, man. Keep in touch for sure. We should be doing yeah, this sure. periodically. It's pretty fun. Didn't you say you wanted to do something again? Um, review another album or something? I forgot what exactly what that was. Maybe have the other band members on or something? Yeah, no, I was talking about uh, there's an Emiliano story that we, we really I really wanted him to tell you guys. Like I have me on the have him talking about oh, it also. That's right. Yeah, let's do that. Just for just for a quick uh, correction, I would like to kick it up a notch from two and a half to four. That would be my. My review for this little EP, like, already gave it a three and a half. So, yep, three and a half, yeah. make it a, just, just give it a notch. Probably a good idea. They're friends of yours, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta appease the masses. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, Chicago. It's been great. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Been very, 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 very entertaining for the evening. You know, it's something to, to uh, round up the day, round up the week. I don't nice know. Stuff about talking to you, though, man. Just time flies. Ah, man, it's the it's the it's the pandemic. I'm sure I'll be. Upset. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing oh, to do with the music. Yeah, no, nothing <laughs> to do with that. Well, hey, thanks for for joining us, and uh, let's do it again. Definitely keep in touch. You know, let us know how everything's going with you, and let's uh keep in touch. It was great. Thank you for joining us, Shikal. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling me back again. And yeah. just one last thing, I'd like to say something for my dad because it's Father's Day. Dad, yeah. I love you. Thank you for that guitar back in, 20, in 08 because it sure changed my life. You're the man, Chico. Yeah, good Thank talking. You guys.
great talking, man. See you, see you sometime soon. All right. See you on the next Brain. See you, Dan. See you, Chicago. Thanks for listening. Bye.